Welcome to the DGR podcast. I'm your host, David Gray. Hello, everyone. David here. Welcome back to the DGR podcast. I hope you're all doing well. This is episode number 64. I'm joined by a great guest. I'm joined by Ian Marco or Ian Marco. I actually need to ask Ian how to pronounce his last name correctly. Um, and how to spell it. Is there a U or not? That's the question. DGR is getting a bit tongue twisted with this one. So uh, Ian, you probably know him. He's one of the OG kind of content creators, I would say, in the mobility space. And he has very much branched out from that uh, in recent years, I would say. He's a very, very well-rounded coach, has an, a, a, an excellent eye for movement, super, super nice guy, very smart guy. Really enjoyed chatting to him, and I always do. So we spoke a lot about kind of FRC, which is very much like an isolated joint mobility practice or joint health practice. And we spoke about that, like where where is it useful? Does it work? Does it not? Uh, where you might apply it, where you where you might think about more integrated work. We spoke about breathing stuff, rib cage stuff, uh, positions that you might put people into. We spoke about like online versus in-person coaching and some business stuff as well. So I think any coach or any therapist, you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, if you do, feel free to give it a share. Uh, it'd be very helpful for me. And me. It would be very helpful for Ian and very helpful for the podcast as well. So if you, find, if you found it, if you enjoyed the episode, give it a share. Um, and maybe maybe feel obliged to give it a share for us. That would be helpful. And uh, yeah, without further ado, here you go. Here is Ian. We're on. Welcome to the DGR podcast, Ian. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I feel like I feel like this is my moment. Like I'm going on Joe Rogan. I'm like a nervous comedian ready for my big breakthrough. Joe Rogan, <laughs> but no one listens. So <laughs> no, man. Hey, I'm listening. I, I honestly have listened to every single episode. So this is really cool for me because even though I've been on a lot of great podcasts and I love a lot of the hosts that have that have hosted me, like this is the first one that I've actually listened to every episode. So it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's great, honestly. That's good. That's good. I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, it's always weird. The podcast is a weird one because you don't, as you know, like with social media and stuff you get a bit much quicker feedback you can see likes coming in you can see comments you kind of just know when something's going to hit now you're not always right but like with the podcast i just so a solo podcast especially i just like click record start talking for an hour and then hang up and i walk away and i'm like i have no idea if i said anything valuable or not so it's just a weird thing yeah, they're good, man. They're good. I think it, it does exactly what you've described it as, is uh, like that extra layer of building trust, kind yeah. of like the in-depth story vibe on Instagram in a way. Yeah. And I think it really serves that role. Plus, like one of the things that I would give you credit for throughout my career is, you know, being the type of person that isn't like, oh, I created this, I did all this. You obviously created a lot of things, but also like being open about who you learn from. Because like I went through so much of, you know, uh, O'Sullivan stuff, right? He was the, the go-to therapist. He was one of your boys. I've slouched as many ways as you possibly can. You know what I mean? Uh, I did uh, a Gary Ward stuff because of you. So like, and then to come back to you after doing all that stuff was really cool. So I think the podcast does that. Like some of the people that you've had on, I like didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate this. I, I, it would have happened anyway. But dude, McKinnis, Watson, like plus Pios, I don't know, man. I think you you had his Joe Rogan moment. I feel like as soon as he was on your podcast, I saw everybody else that's in my little niche talking about him, which is cool and well worth it too, man. I've learned a lot from him too. So it's, it's really yeah. cool to see. 100%. That's a perfect example of, 
I think he was just hitting a wave at that time. And um, it's a perfect, I, I, part of my thing with the podcast, and I really did mean this. And, and like, I had to, I had to like make this kind of vow myself with the podcast was I want to make sure that yes, it will be good for my business. I know that yes, I'll be able to connect with people, but like, I want to help highlight good people that I think are good people. I really yeah. do. And it's not, uh, it's not, uh, you see like Sam Bankman freed. Have you been following that, um, FTX thing, uh, A little bit. where he was, he was pretending that he like just wanted to do all good and, and he didn't care about anything. It turns out he was frauding absolutely everyone, but like, it's, it's not that it's, it's, I know, like I'll get, I'll get it back as well, but it's important for me to highlight good people. I think, I think it is important. I think it is important. And I also, I'm at a stage where I'm very confident with our work. Yeah. So that's why like I can give credit. I actually try and over credit people for things that I actually some people like some people that I credit for things I completely I, I have I very much disagree with a lot of the things that they're saying, but it, I, they maybe spark something in me. But I encourage people to go and learn from them and stuff and it helps you understand how you got to where you got to, you know? So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I 100% agree. I've definitely seen that with you. I think a lot of the people that you you send them to, they just end up back with you anyway, because A, you're the one who showed it to them. Like once I finished Gary's stuff, I was like, all right, great. Now let David reteach it to me and I'll I'll really get it, you know? So like, I think that happens a lot anyway. So it becomes a win-win. And that's why I bring up Joe Rogan, because honestly, like as much hate as Joe Rogan gets, you cannot deny that Joe Rogan brings up young comics and other people around him. Yeah. And I mean, that's just the, the best thing to do. And we're yeah. supposed to be helping people. It's not just help your clients. It's help everybody in a way, you know? Exactly, man. Uh, so what's been going on with you? I'm a new dad. So my, my, my son Maverick is nine months old. So, um, I just been just, I mean, there's really nothing like it, you know, just, uh, spending time with him and, uh, having those little moments in between work and everything are are worth the world. Uh, I'm is Maverick named after Maverick. (laughs) It's funny. We get that all the time. And we, I'll usually actually say that before you ask, but I did this time. Because, uh, like, I've seen all of the Scientology documentaries, and I'm like, man, I do not want Maverick being associated with anything. Even though, like, I, I love that movie, honestly, it was one of my, one of my favorites as, as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he's definitely not. It would be more of, like, a Maverick Carter, who's, like, LeBron's businessman, if we had to pick someone. But, honestly, we just love the name. Mm-hmm. And it means, um, like, fiercely independent. So, like, he's pretty much that at this point, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, being being with him has been uh, been huge for me lately. Um, start workshops. I'm excited for that. You know, just like getting over COVID in a way. Um, I've I really went from being uh, so much online to being in person now, and I've had a lot of moments where I've been like, oh, this is why I actually love my job because I'm here with this person in person in person doing this, mm-hmm. and uh, and on the contrary, man, you know, a lot of the stuff in your podcast where you talked about con- content creation has been super helpful for me. Because I got to tell you, David, I absolutely hate it at this point. And having <laughs> you kind of challenge us as the listeners and just be like, just do it once away. And then see you blowing up from your formula. It's like, man, I got to do this. And I like did it for a few weeks. And I was like, ah, never mind. I'd rather just be with my kid right now. I have a couple <laughs> or, of questions. Or, or you know what I'll do is I'll find myself with my client 
And I'm like literally filming them while I'm training them. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I wish I could just put my phone away and just like be with them mm-hmm. and like ask them about their day or cue them a little extra instead of mm-hmm. like having to be the content creator. But, you know, it's it's a it's a blessing to be what we do either way. Mm-hmm. My when, when you see a, fil- a video of my client that I'm filming as I'm coaching, it's always for their homework. Yeah. So I'm coaching them. I'm talking them through. A lot of time it's on their phone or I'm just airdropping it to it straight afterwards or something like that. And I'm saying, these are the six cues and they just do it at home. Um, And then I just take a clip. And that's always what I've done. Always, always, always. Because I always knew I had they had to see themselves. Not see, not always see themselves, but a lot of the time see what they're doing so they can try and copy it at home. So yeah, uh, no, I want, I want to ask you more about that. What When you say like, Cause I would consider you like the content guy, the OG <laughs> content guy. So what, like, so That's what, do, what do you mean when, when you say like my strategy, like, what did you, what did you take from that? Well, what, just, uh, like that you weren't already doing. Cause I wouldn't see you doing anything different. Well, I mean, I'll go five days without posting and my stories will just be like the three memes that me and my girl have sent back to each other that made us (laughs) laugh really hard, you know? So like that, that'll be my story for days. And my brother, who's my business partner, will hit me and be like, so uh, you going to post today? (laughs) And the other thing that I love about your, your strategy, so a few things, but one of them would be one, and I resonate with this because this is me too you don't sell stuff or get buy-in or provide value by you doing something, which I think is super underrated and hard to do because especially like uh, two years ago, like my health started deteriorating. So I went from being like the shirtless trainer in New York city to being like the smart guy that's showing his clients, you know, and that was a tough transition. So that's something that I really like. And that's, that's something that's a little bit harder to do, but I think has a lot of value in it. And it also just shows your, your product even better. Cause you know, at any, not anybody, but you can get in shape yourself, but that doesn't mean that you're going to help a lot of people. There's a lot of influencers out there that can't help people for shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the real thing that I'm, that, that really struck me was just the mindset, just the way that you talked about it, where it was like, listen, I had this moment where I had this, this transformation where I was just like, I am a content creator. Like I'm not, you know, like dicking around about it. Oh, I'm this who does this also. Like I am a content creator. I'm taking responsibility for it. Like, because my brother is so good at a lot of that stuff and he does the video, he does a lot of like the online stuff. I kind of use that as almost a crutch and got away from like, Hey man, like you are the brand, you know? And it was like, well, I have Carlos, I have UN, I have all these great clients that will do all this stuff and I can just use them. But Mm -hmm. I got away from being the brand. So just that mindset of thinking like, I am a content creator was really big for me. And it fired me up for a good, like two and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. yeah. That was a big shift for me. It really was. It really was. It still is now, but you can, that can, you can, that can go two ways where you like put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. So if I really feel like I just need to take a break for a few days, I do that. But I am a professional. That's how I view it. I'm a pro at this. Yeah. yeah. I'm a pro at my job. That means I can't just fucking not do it. Yeah. I think one of the things that's also a big hang up for me that um, I wouldn't necessarily say is a big lesson that I've learned from you, though. It's possibly I could have. But the, the idea that not everything needs to be so high quality, too. 
which is a really common theme that you'll see people tell you on Instagram. But because some of our stuff is such high quality in terms of audio, um, the sequences, the two views, all the stuff that a lot of people know us for, probably what you're talking about when you talk about content, Mm -hmm. um, it's sometimes it's hard for me to just put it on and just be like, oh, boom, here's some like me just talking stuff, you know, it's easy to do in my stories, but to make it into a post, I don't know, I kind of make a wall out of it for some reason with doing that. But I think I need to do more of that stuff. And all it takes is that one post that has low quality, and it does so well. And you're like, wow, oh, okay. So I kind of just need one of those, I think. 100%. Just strip it back. Just say everything is content. Everything is, if it's good, it's good. It won't matter. You might yeah. not get as many views and stuff sometimes, but that's that's the mindset around it. it has to look really nice, which is good. Like whenever you can, I, I have a mindset as well as whenever you can do something better, do it better. Yeah. But if if the option is not to do it at all or just to put like something up, just put something up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's and I've done that. You know, you get forty likes on something, you're like, damn. <laughs> 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 I'll delete this later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, or you like have one of those like introspective coaching ones where you'd be like, what do you think about this? What do you see? And everybody's like, didn't see anything. Moving on. <laughs> you're like, ah, yeah. didn't provoke any thoughts of that one. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's that's it happens. it's yeah, it happens exactly, exactly. Um. What's the story with workshops? When are you so, teaching? Um, Who are you teaching? Where are you teaching? We're uh, our first one's in New York with uh, at a Motion PT. My friend Josh Park, kind of like a big PRI guy. Um, he's like one of my mentors. He's hosting us there. Really excited for that. Um, the workshops two days. I basically just teach everything as as, as much as I possibly can in a weekend. Honestly. Um, as you know, like a lot of people would have kind of originally found me as the mobility guy, but at this point I would like to kind of consider myself more as like a, I'm starting to really like the word, like, um, concurrent training model guy, you know, like just like working on seven things at once, doing them at a good pace, but not only focusing on one bucket and then ending up with all your buckets filled after a decent amount of time. So that's kind of what the workshop's about, um, you know, working head to toe and, it's tough to add everything into that, that, but I think we do a good job. And uh, the way that I solved that was just by doing so little lecture. So like mm-hmm. I lecture just enough to like talk about the big ideas, but I'm basically just like teach it. You feel it by doing it. And then you coach the person next to you and just like the whole weekend's like that. Mm-hmm. And then we have a, um, a class the, the, the second day, kind of like a mobility class that'll take some people through some breathing, some of the non-conventional things that you think about mobility, maybe like the compression expansion model type stuff, um, rolling, things like that. Um, that a lot of maybe the FRC squad is kind of like overlooking or thinking that's not as important. Yeah. Um, and then we just finish with questions. So I'm in a, I'm in New York 318 and 319. I'm going to Jeff's place, the flexible. I was going to text Jeff and be like, Jeff, doing a podcast today. Guess who's going to take this in first spot? <laughs> I'm promoting it across all platforms. I'm dropping the link in Reddit to, to get the numbers up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to his spot, uh, 520 and 521. Um, nice. I'm really excited for that. Big fan of Jeff. So uh, mm-hmm. that should be, be fun. Too. That'll be great. Um, yeah, the workshops are tricky. It's so tricky. I have found like more and more and more just the people love the practical work. Oh, they yeah. really do. A girl said, like a really smart physio, really smart physio said to me, um, 
we just did a workshop analysis place the other day and she said at the end of the workshop she was like I'm so happy like that was so good loved it I was so scared that it was going to be information overload and it, that 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 hit me because I was like I'm aware that I don't want to make it that but and I I, I hope people would realize that it wouldn't be that but she would that was still a concern for her so yeah, yeah. You learn yeah, doing you you learn practically, don't you? you? And then the theory makes sense when you feel it. I think you do, but I honestly, one of the things I tell a lot of my students, especially my online course students, is like, listen, like if you're not overwhelmed, are you even being like pushed? You exactly. know what I mean? Like you need to be lost. Like when I learned really well, like when I left FRC, when I did Gary's stuff, when I first started learning from you, when I went through all these people, when you listen, bro, the first time you pull up a Bill Hartman video, you tell <laughs> me that you're not a little bit lost. Like, come on. But that's what pushes you to go a little bit deeper as long as you're the, someone who's going to make it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I got a little confused. So what? Keep going. Yeah. But then again, when you I think to me, the best thing that you do in a workshop, everybody's different. So some people are note takers. But to me, I, I just bring a tripod, like a little mini one, post that shit up every single time you're coaching. I'm watching you. I'm listening for cues. I'm coaching the person you might even. And then when you leave after you've done all the practical stuff, you have that video on your phone, you're on the train, you're on the plane, you're, you're at home. If you were, if the location was close to you and you're going through those, that's how I used to go through, you know, chiver stuff for FR and, mm -hmm. and just like, that's when you kind of get everything. And then come Monday, I honestly think that workshops are really almost 90% about Monday because that feeling that you get after you've learned the foam roller bridge, you learned a knee bend and you also like blew your mind learning how to actually lengthen your glute in a hinge. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, those are the people leaving your workshop, right? Mm -hmm. They go on Monday. Those people are so excited to get back to work. And a lot of those people have been so stale yeah. For so long you know like even if their client's not ready for it they're like yeah we'll do the single leg bridge on monday i'm ready yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah. like that feeling is worth the price of admission alone and i know you say this all the time but like just getting that one cue or that one exercise that you service 100 people with over the next three years makes that workshop cheap honestly yeah exactly it really does it really does and the people people who don't have a long-term view with learning they, they just don't make it they yeah. just do not make it because they feel like I just get confused. Like you take your first PRI course, you feel confused. You're trying to, you're t the automatic thing is like, I'm not going to use this shit. Like I'm not going to use this Monday with a client or you might try a breathing drill and it doesn't work or something. And you've been it. And actually you just, you're just not there yet. You're not ready yet. You need to have something to chew on. You shouldn't, I don't think you should leave a hundred percent confused or anything like that. But you should leave confused about some parts. Absolutely. Which I think is important. And well, I try you know, to limit I think that. Rua had an amazing line for what you were just talking about, where it's like he said that he went to his clients and he was like, hey, I'll train you for free because I'm straight up being honest with you. I'm not perfect at this. Mm -hmm. Pressure leaves you start to, and then you can experiment a little bit. I mean, that's one of the big ways that I've learned also, especially with like any of the compression expansion or PRI stuff, because 
I'll have like friends and like colleagues that like I kind of mentor, you know, like that's one of my favorite things to do is like maybe train a trainer like and give them a little bit of a discount or some extra time. And then you use that stuff on them and explain it to them. And they ask you questions. As soon as they start asking you questions, you're like, I don't really know this. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's happened with, with me with your stuff plenty of times where I'm like, I'll be teaching something and I'll be like, mm, yeah, I don't really have an answer for that. What would David say? I don't know. Yeah. So it's like, I need to go back and get better at this you know yeah. it's motivating yeah 100% teaching is the best way to learn 100% million percent and actually a lot of the time you don't need to you don't need to give discounts you don't need to work for free if you're you have a good relationship with certain clients and you're just honest which is like and it's actually stuff that I think I know really well but with certain clients I'm not sure if it's going to work I'm, I'm honest with them I'm like we're going to try a few things let's see what happens okay happy let's go. And if they trust you, you're good. But yeah. I understand some people will struggle with that because they aren't quite there. Or they're a little bit more insecure or it feels like financially, like I, I put so much pressure on myself to make sure I keep this client. Yeah. So I know it's a tricky one, but that's the place you need to get to. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good place to be. Um, so how would you explain what FRC is and what are your thoughts on it at the moment? Big question. Because you so FRC, you're the FRC guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. That guy. <laughs> so FRC would be, um, I would just say it's a, a system, uh, a systematic approach to training your joints. So, you know, everybody says mobility work is strength training. The mobility work that they are doing is going off of the same strength training principles, you know, progressive overload, you know, training short and long ranges, training eccentrics all the same stuff just put into a specific model on training joints. Um, I think it's phenomenal. I think it's amazing for someone really earlier in their career because it peels back a lot of the layers of kind of dogma and in industry of what you would really think about training. Mm -hmm. I think right off of the bat, maybe the most glaring weakness is open chain. Um, like almost... I don't know, seven, nah, maybe 50% of a lot of the stuff is open chain, which isn't really a big deal for the shoulder, in my opinion. But like when you train the hip and the foot open chain all the time, mm -hmm. like, like, especially like, you know, getting from years ago, getting involved with your stuff and Gary's stuff, like, you know, a one, like 15 knee bends could be more beneficial than 50 ankle cars because just the way that it's your body's shifting over and moving the bones for you is going to be way more beneficial in the long run. Mm -hmm. And most of the people that you're working with are going to get up and walk away. They're not going to jujitsu roll away or ISO MP away. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then another thing that would say to play devil's advocate, as you can tell, I've played in my head many times with this <laughs> Uh, is to think about jujitsu. Like you need to be realistic and say, like, look at Dre, look at Dewey, look at a lot of the people that are there, and say, all right, well, where was the system born out of? And it was 100% born out of martial arts. So for you right now, going and you know wrestling Chris for hours, I, I think you would find tremendous value from mm -hmm. using FRC principles, different positions. Um, you know, like closed and open chain internal rotation of the hip, like that is a lot of jujitsu. Yeah. Um, doing isometrics at the end range of your shoulder when someone's trying to rip it off, that is the capsular work that they're doing. So it really does have a, a place in, I think, any system, but I think it's also really easy to go overboard with it. And your whole entire day is this or that. 
And especially with a specific client, like me, for example, I really hit a blow, a roadblock with FRC, A, because I wasn't enjoying it anymore, which is maybe the most overlooked thing as a trainer for your client, right? Like, do they even want to do this? Like, maybe that's important, you know? Um, and then B, I don't really need a lot of range of motion for what I want to do, to be honest. I play basketball. Like, what are we getting quarters? Like, sometimes I have to lean and get low and get some good shin angles. But my shin angles are always accompanied by my heel being up. Mm -hmm. So like, eh, I don't really need all that much crazy stuff. Like my overhead shoulders always been good. So like, I don't really need these deep range of motions. I don't even need to deep squat, which my squat's terrible. So I found myself being like, well, do I want to do that? Or do I want to lift weights? Do I want to do plyometrics? Do I want to spend my time doing these other things? And then the, the, maybe the, the culminating sentence of the whole discussion is cars are incredibly valuable for everybody and they don't take a lot of time. So I still think that they're amazing. Like I have baseball athletes right now. They always do elbow cars. Like they're youth baseball athletes. Like why wouldn't you possibly keep your elbow moving? Mm-hmm. Even if it's just from a recovery perspective, just bring fluid and nutrients into the joint. Um, things like, uh, you know, the knee too. I know you use a lot of that stuff, just keeping tibia rotation, great idea you know so the cars really are the 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 crown gem of frc i think and even though them always being closed chain can our open chain can be a little bit of a weakness in my mind i think that they're brilliant and uh all of the the creators especially dre man i mean the way that dre is it talk about lecturing and what we talked about with workshops if I'm going to listen to anybody for six hours, like put Dre up there really hot because mm-hmm. he's going to tell you a story. He's going to laugh. Um, you're going to laugh. Uh, you're going to feel a little bit challenged. So he's just, he, he's great. So I can't have enough nice things to say about them. And then even Hunter, man, like Hunter is one of the best people in the industry. Like if we're talking about like heart and just being a good person, if you ever talk to him behind the scenes, he's a really good guy. So I, I, I love all the people they have. They definitely have good people. I had that massive, massive realization. It's interesting that you say it uh, probably this week or last week about the creation of FRC, where it came from, Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. I just, it just clicked because for, since, since I've seen it, like, I'm like you, I'll always play devil's advocate in my own mind much more than I will. Well, I know I do a lot. I do a lot. And I, I try my best to be able to straw man and steel man something. I can see lots of benefits of FRC. I can see a lot of, I haven't spoke outright too much, but I can see a lot of like bullshit with it um, and areas where it's not just not doing what people think it is. But it really made sense when I was like, Dre does jujitsu. Someone is trying to rip your arm off. Like someone, sorry, put it better. Someone is trying to isolate a part of your body into its weakest position. So he decided to strengthen every part of my body in its weakest position in the most isolated way. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And with, with systematic progressions too. Yeah. Makes you know, a ton they, of sense. They definitely go too far. Like for example, like uh, an isometric movement path, that's like, you know, those slow movements where you're like going from squat to 90, 90 and back, like honestly, like outside of like Instagram and, and maybe like the end of a construct class, like I just don't see the time there. Like I'd much rather just do a split squat or something. I think you'd get way more out of that. Mm-hmm. The other thing about, you know, um, FRC is like 
and and jujitsu is like one of my first times watching jujitsu, which I'm never going to be a jujitsu guy. Like I said, like think about what's farthest from basketball, jujitsu, right? Like I was the friend growing up that was like, my friends would be like, let's wrestle. I'd be like, let's box, you know? Like, <laughs> so like, I, I love, I, I appreciate it. I respect it. And I love that people love it, but like, it's never going to be my thing. But one of the things that blew my mind is watching a really good jujitsu match and how like everybody just goes and they both just flop on their backs. And like, here we are, like talking about the gate cycle a million times when these dudes just plop on their butt, you know, like, doesn't even matter anymore. And that's where like, as a trainer, you got to realize context is so important about anything because like training that jujitsu person and training me are just like totally two different ball games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I saw them in in Sydney, in Sydney, I was there every day for two weeks, pretty much. And that's what I really was like. And sometimes to be like sessions on beforehand and I was like sitting on the mat watching. I just saw their little narrow little pelvises like externally rotated, uh, counter rotated sacrums and like tons of femoral ER. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm never going to be able to. I'm never going to be good at jujitsu. <laughs> and I kind of asked Chris a question around mobility for jujitsu. Um just like how important is it? And I I know the answer already because he's not that mobile and lots of them aren't that mobile. And he just said like, your game just develops around your own strength and we- strengths and weaknesses, which is yeah. every other sport. I know that answer already. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But that's also why they make such a big deal out of it. Because again, like just like in any sport, when you have that competitive edge of being able to be strong in that position and everybody else on the mat doesn't even have that, yeah. that's when you really get elite and get to that next level. Just like in basketball, someone would be able to jump three inches higher. That that pays off real quick or jump faster even away, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think with FRC, like the reason I've not been, not, not been vocal about online is because I'm not vocal about anything. Like I don't try and go too heavy on anything, but you couldn't really, add, if Drake came like at you, um, you couldn't argue because it's logical. It has like science behind it. It's very logical, but I don't think they have an appreciation or an understanding that that your the representation of your each joint range of motion is an overall representation of your movement strategy through the world, not just oh you're missing shoulder hip internal rotation and hip internal rotation, so we need to train shoulder and hip internal rotation. Like there's a very clear and obvious reason as to why you're missing those motions on that side or the other side or both sides and i've seen people that have like isolated it more and more and more and not improve or isolated more and more and more and improve those giant range of motions and continually feel worse and worse and worse as a result so but it's hard to it's hard to argue that because you don't have the it's easy to say you just made an area a specific area more mobile and stronger And you should be able to extrapolate that that means that the body moves better, but the body is not just the sum of its parts, each of its parts. It's not a machine. You just plug all the parts in and there's actually a coordinative element. The nervous system has to coordinate all these tissues together. And I really don't think that it accounts for that. It does intramuscularly, but not intermuscularly. Yeah, they, 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 they're definitely the masters of isolation and, um, I think that they admit and uh, refer to the idea of putting it all together, but 
And I think what was it either Fowler or you or both you guys talked about this a little bit, the idea of like self-organization and like, as if it's just going to happen for you, like Mm -hmm. that's not how it works either. There has to be some middle ground of, yeah, you have this available range of motion on the table or in the 90, 90, but you're not just all of a sudden going to have like a great crossover or like be able to juke someone on the rugby field. You know what I mean? So like, I think they they talk about it, but they they don't present how to put it together. And that was the first thing that got me away from them and got to me like, all right, well, I have all these isolations. Like, where do I put them together? And that's when you have to go back to gate and you have to go back to breathing. And that's where you find yourself in all those different, you know, rabbit holes of the compression expansion, PRI, you, Gary Ward, all these places. And it's like, okay, well, this makes sense. And then also to their to to their credit, like they have so much material that they can't even teach it in three days. So like, when are they going to all of a sudden just be like, oh, let me just add in walking now? You know what I mean? So it's it's tough. And I mean, I'm sure that resonates with you as someone who puts together workshops. You know, as you said, like you're not even teaching upper at your workshop and it's hard to fit everything in. So like imagine the lecture going through every car, every joint. You know what I mean? It's just it's not possible. Yeah, 100%. And they don't need to be the people that put it all together. There, there's, they can be the people that teach you a specific thing. Yeah. You know, like I'm not teaching people about the bodybuilding aspects. I'm not getting people in my workshop teaching leg extensions and leg presses and hamstring curls like that. Doesn't mean I don't think it's valuable. Doesn't mean that I don't use it with my clients. It's just not, there's better people to teach that stuff than me. So, yeah. I, I, I do appreciate that. Um, and I think you don't have to have like each teacher doesn't have to have every single thing for, get figured out for you to learn the things from them that they do have figured out. Yeah, I completely you know? agree with that. Um, it is boring, though. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You know, you can get into like a little bit of a meditative practice, but like it, it's tough. Although, man, it's, you know, once you once you get over the hurdle of learning it, like something like a cars practice, it's so powerful though. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, it really is. Like just five a day, every single joint. You know, it's gonna solve a lot of issues, to be honest, especially at first. Yeah. Like how many of these people like we talk about that like just don't know how to bend their knee, and then you just have them bend their knee with intent five times every day, maybe even 10, five at night. Like over time, it really does help a lot. Yeah, big time. Big time. It would help faster if they relaxed, though. That's true, too. And that's another thing that we didn't really touch on is like, that was another thing that really kind of drove me away or not even drove me away, but had me look elsewhere. It's like you meet a lot of people, especially when you train people in New York that like they're clenching their butthole they're irradiating all the time so like for me to have them irradiate it's like they're like all right more of the same great you know what i mean and um i can get more i can get five degrees more of my shoulder when i do but it's just layering on more tension on top of the tension that's there already yeah and it's global it's everywhere which is Mm -hmm. really bad for fluid movement which is another thing that i love from um from the go-to physio is that quote that he loves to use about the effortless efficiency. That's just such a great concept to understand in training. Uh, and I think that irradiation is basically the opposite of that. You know what I mean? Um, and you can coach cars in different ways. Like, Hey, let's do a rep where you have as much range of motion with as little tension as possible, which is something I do. Um, but yeah, that was another thing that really kind of like led me to the breathing stuff. Cause it's like, 
what if this person just relaxes and they get 15 degrees of uh, shoulder and hip arm, and then we don't need to do any of the mobility work. They can just train, get stronger, change their body composition, be happy, sweat, and knock off 40 check boxes instead of like the three that I was going to pales and rails them into. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, you, one of the big moments that you have to have as an FRC person is like, you show a client a before and after, and you're like, look, you gained 10 degrees of hip IR. And you're like, so proud. And they just go, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Where's my abs? <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, yeah, but like, I still suck at basketball. And uh, like, I still have a little bit of toe pain. And you're kind of like, yeah, but like, you know, look at <laughs> your cars are great though and it's like all right <laughs> maybe yeah. this stuff's not as connected as i thought it was <laughs> yeah. that goes for all that goes for pri too though it's the exact so same it's the exact same it's not it's not that hard to make changes really quick changes same with manual muscle testing on the table like you can do so many things to make a change you can show people person a before and after you could just turn up the music it's it's pretty easy to make changes but change in their movement strategy that's the fun thing yeah, That's yeah, I'm having a hard time with PRI right now. I uh, <laughs> still haven't taken a class, a course. Uh, people still ask me like, "Yo, you're a PRI guy, right?" I'm like, "No, no, I'm not. I haven't taken the course yet. Uh, I've done everything they could possibly put out for free. I watch all their stuff. I've uh, referred and collaborated with so many practitioners, but um, it's tough, man. You know, I'm in this position. I think this will resonate with a lot of trainers. Is like I'm in this gray area, and I purposely put myself there by being an FRC person. But like the idea that like people with injuries are coming to me and I'm kind of like, yeah, like I could, but I also would just rather be the second step because that's how the model is supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like go to the physical therapist, get going with them and then come to me. Um, and I just had the reverse happen where one of my longtime clients who's like put on 15 pounds of muscle and like, you know, doing so much better, like has like one out of 10 pain compared to 10 and has very few flare-ups instead of every single week. Um, and I said, hey, you know, I really want you to go over this hump. So like, let's find you a physical therapist. She moved to Denver, sent her to a physical therapist there. That's a PRI person. And they immediately looked at my program. And they were like, I want you to stop doing everything. Mm -hmm. I want you to only do your PRI drills and I want you to walk. And I was mm -hmm. like, damn, couldn't have found a middle ground, huh? You know, mm -hmm. like this person. And of course, you know, me, I, well, from what I would say is being experienced, I was like, all right, yeah, like, let's go with what they're thinking. Like, I didn't want to mess with the person's head who was going, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she was like, yeah, okay, so let's try it. If you think that's a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, a week later, started feeling better. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, man, PRI is tough. It, it's tough. I don't know whether I want to fully jump down that rabbit hole yet, because I feel like it's a step in the wrong direction away from training, even though it can be integrated into training can I get by with just being even better with the compression expansion model stuff mm -hmm. and integrate that into training and not need to go all the way down to like, I'm going to adduct or drop test every single client and then retest them. Like the retest thing as a trainer is like, Oh, it's the worst. You know the what I mean? I had this exact conversation at our workshop this weekend. The retesting in general is mostly bullshit. It's mostly bullshit. It's people trying to be witch doctors. It's like, oh, look at you before and look at you after now. And they might retest because I fell into this trap retesting 20 times in a session after every fucking breath. Every time I did a little tiny thing, let's retest, let's retest. 
it just drives people insane as well it drives yourself insane so so i would say a lot of pressure yeah but it's bullshit because if i've if i i I, maybe it's just that i'm in a place where i'm really clear about what i'm trying to do it doesn't mean like i don't mean to say i'm really like i have everything figured out or anything i'm just have clarity around what i'm trying to do with my clients and if i identify something right okay here's a big thing big elephant in the room we really want to change this and I know here's the things that I'm like, I get predictable, repeatable results with this type of issue when I train this type of thing. So I'm looking for predictable and repeatable all the time. And I've, I've really stripped away all my work down to the things that are just predictable and repeatable to help my clients. So I've identified something and I've identified what I want to do to change it. Then if it doesn't change in five minutes, it hasn't changed anything for me. It just means they need to practice it more. It really hasn't changed anything. So it just means they're not doing it well enough. I'm not coaching it well enough. They need more practice. They need a slightly different variation, but I don't need to know if it's changed straight away. I can fucking see it. If I'm coaching the exercise, I know if it's changed by how they're doing the exercise. Yeah. 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 It's tough, man. It's tough. And the talking, the talking is like, oh, I can't do it. Can't do it, just who does. Like it's just like every single thing is like a tuck. And then when you ask someone who's tucking and everything they do, you're like, why do you tuck in everything you do? They're like, Well, I don't really cue that, it's not really happening. And I'm like, I'm looking at it. Like you said, I can fucking see it. <laughs> like, you are tucked, <laughs> like your shit is flat, everything is rounded, whether it's a push-up, whether it's this, and then it's like all based off of gate. But then you see anyone fast and they have a lumbar spine that is not flat and it's extended. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very hard to, it, you know, it's just it, the best sentence for PRI is it's not training. And then once you realize that, and then you get to the conclusion where I'm at or the crossover, where I'm at, I'm like, but I'm a trainer. So do I really want to go 10 steps back into the sensory land mm-hmm. when I can just keep getting better at the training stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But you're you're falling into the trap there now of like like you're saying with your client like could we not have found a middle ground? Yeah, it's your job to find a middle ground. So more knowledge is never a problem. Yeah, you just you just you can have you can learn it more knowledge and take what you want from it. I'm not saying you should or you have to, but there could be a little thing in there somewhere that you you could hear and it could change how you coach. Yeah, for me, for me, the middle ground though is is the DGR interactive. Oh, drop that little <laughs> plug there. <laughs> and for me, is also you know the Bill Hartman's, the, mm-hmm. the Alex Effers, like going through that stuff and having it be like instead of putting this person on the ground necessarily. I know they're standing PRI stuff, but like, what? How can I manipulate the constraints of the split squat that might give me the same option? Have them sweat and get a little bit of a glute and quad pump while they're doing it. Yeah. Instead of let's go all the way back, retest you, test you, you got to find this, you got to, you know what I mean? It's like, that, I think that's my middle ground that I've gotten to so far. I think that's a good middle ground. If, I, I, I don't, I don't think you would need to go into the PRI stuff. Yeah. I really don't. If I did, um, I would do it in person too. And man, can you think about it? I know you're not in America, but like, if there's anywhere where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to not go there. It's where they have their stuff. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like, 
<laughs> I don't know too about America. So. It's it's not it's not the best city. It's not like where you want to go. Like basically every single city you've been, like it'd be like going to Winnipeg, which like the people you're at Winnipeg people are awesome, but like it's not where you want to go in Canada at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we changed from Winnipeg to Vancouver. Uh, did you? Mm-hmm. But what what happened? You could, uh, not enough people. Um, no, because it we were not we weren't supposed to be going to like months and months and months away. So, um, we just someone else really wanted us to go to Vancouver, and. I just wasn't sure if it was going to be the right place. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. The, the host around. in Winnipeg is the best. Like mm-hmm. he's the best host I've ever had been. Oh my God. Like he mm-hmm. was uh, the dream host. Um, and the people there were really awesome too. We got like 13 or something like that. So it wasn't like huge, but like it was okay. Um, but I mean, Winnipeg sucks, dude. It's cold as hell. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I have no idea what Vancouver is like, but I know it's a bigger city, so it's, it's cooler it's, for sure, just by default. You know, same thing with like going to Indianapolis. Like, I don't know, I'm spoiled, man. You know, I grew I, I grew up in Miami in South Florida. I lived in New York City. Like, you know, what I mean, it's, it's tough to be. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I grew up in Ireland, so there's a lot of nice places. Well, look, I love Ireland. It's fucking, it's great, but. Well, actually, no, it's the same because if I'm going somewhere, I want to go somewhere really nice, not somewhere yeah. that's also cold and rainy. So, um, yeah. yeah, I want to go somewhere really nice. But Vancouver sold out before we released the tickets to the public. Nice. The guy just sent out his email list and he sold 30 tickets or something like that. So that was like, <laughs> took pressure off us. Yeah, so it'll be good. Um, I was going to say something else there with PRI. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm grateful for, I, 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 do, I do a lot of the time like, make sure people know the source and stuff like that i'm grateful for like what i learned there but if i look back around what i'm using now it would be like almost nothing yeah and i i think there's people that like you've talked about before is i think there's people that need pri to that degree you know like when you look at someone's teeth and they're like all crazy you know they have a closed nostril Mm-hmm. They have their glasses have been prescribed wrong seven times. Like mm-hmm. there's people that definitely like their first stop could definitely be PRI and it would be amazing. Yeah. It, the the things they do are amazing. The practitioners they ha- have are amazing. But um, like we said, it's just, it's, it's just, I don't think it's the right step for me. And I've been battling it for years, but yeah. that's the middle ground I've chosen right now. And I'm, I'm happy yeah. about it. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I'm really like I'm super grateful that someone like Ron Oruska exists in the world yeah. uh, to just be an alien and have all that knowledge. And I'm I have benefited directly and indirectly from him teaching me and teaching others who then go on to figure things out and tweak it and stuff like that. So I am grateful for that. I've had people that have come to me have that have gone down the rabbit hole got the teeth stuff the eye stuff and then i asked them to show me how they're doing a breathing drill i'm like i wouldn't expect the breathing drill that you got the day one to work never mind all the other stuff because you still don't know how to actually even inhale or exhale so that's a tricky thing that i'm like "Hmm, how is is it is it are they gone so concerned with uh, all that stuff the teeth the eyes that like and the algorithm that like, okay, if I didn't just get an adduction drop test to go all the way down with a 90-90 hamstring exercise, then people just need to go into 
teeth and eyes and actually yeah. no they just never coached it well in the first place so why would it work yeah the rabbit hole is deep for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what do you when you think about breathing stuff now like where do you stand on isa and all of that stuff i use it um i definitely think uh i don't i honestly think that almost anybody could benefit from being sidelined though which i think is something that a lot of people would kind of like get lost in the isa stuff oh it's like yeah but they're they're narrow it's like yeah but they'll be fine sideline like they're not gonna die you know like it might be even better for them because they're all they might be narrow but they're like super compressed everywhere so just having the ground there where they can just be like ah let me let go of that could be what gets them to to get the best breath that they need so i think it's really useful um i don't go crazy with it that's for sure and one of the things that i'm finding I kind of went really deep into it. You know, I did a lot of, I, I worked with Alex Effer a lot, who I love. Um, and I really got very deep into like, okay, instead of giving someone cars, instead of giving someone general breath work or a few different exercises, let's give them the most specific three exercises that we can give them based off of their assessment. And I, I would call it like secret sauce. So you might be doing a split squat with your right arm forward, right foot, and then you're doing a sideline exercise with your left side down, and then you have an arm bar variation that's super specific with the towel here, blah, 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 all the different like level 11 constraints that you can think of. And I found progress with that, but I also found that like it can be a little bit overwhelming and um, it can be just more stuff that's harder to implement. So if you're not there in person, it might be better to get that person to just breathe with three cues face up yeah. and just compromise and have a towel roll under their neck so they don't tuck their chin. Yeah. And then like that person might make more progress off of that than they did with the super specific stuff that they're doing at like 65%. And then 20 minutes of your sessions, well, why am I doing this? Well, why is that? Which is always a good sign, but it's also can be like, all right, well, you know, you need to breathe face up, just do more of that. And then I can watch you do it instead of like answering all these questions. So it gets a little murky there with some of that stuff. So I've kind of it done that with some people. I'm still secret sauce and some people that I feel need it. But like I have a very general, very like, we're going to go face up. You're going to do some sideline stuff. You're going to do face down. Almost like how you would think about for everybody listening, like, like how you would kind of think about um, lower body basics with the pelvis, right? You're going to do formal or knee rolls face up. You're going to do them on your side. And then eventually you're going to go ahead and do them from quadruped and tap your knee on the ground. So within those three easy exercises, even though they're not easy for most people at first, you end up hitting every single little corner of those hips sliding past each other. So I kind of use that approach towards breathing. Like it it, it doesn't need to be this specific area or that. I might give them a cue to to, uh, kind of influence that. But if someone can just take a relaxed inhale as long as they can without overdoing it and then exhale as long as they can with a pause, a lot of stuff is going to clean up with just the basics of that. That's what I try to tell my students because like it can be super overwhelming when you first learn about like the the compression expansion constraints and all that, especially if you end up with Bill like first, it's it's a it's a dark road. Hey guys, David here. Quick break from the show. Just a reminder to jump on our new foot and Achilles program. I had to call it something, so I call it foot and Achilles, but really it's like foot, ankle, calf, uh, shin, Achilles, knee, just lower leg training to take you through from 
the the start of where I work with my clients all the way through to high-end plyometrics, intense plyometrics. So I think about 900 people have got it already. I think it's our best program yet. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes and you can check it out. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm definitely with you. I think the when you go into that stuff, I've been super specific with the drills and always with the breathing stuff. It has to be in this position with this type of reach. It, it works, but it doesn't work because it's always trying to pull people back from a compressed state. Okay. I think you're always like they all, the people who seem to have to do that work always have to do that work. And it's because they don't have the skills of movement, learning how to compress in the right areas. So they always compress. They always have to flare their ribs. They always have to do lower back extension, like more and more and more thoracic extension to create basically to, to compress, to help them push into the floor. So once we get the ribs moving, the ISA moving, make it dynamic, then we just need to teach people how to push into the floor, which means transition through the gate cycle and actually teach the gate cycle. And I just find that people stop flaring their ribs all the time, stop locking up their ISA all the time. It just keeps moving. So that's yeah. where I'm at. I'm at with it. It's just about the breathing stuff is to get to the stage where we can, it's like hands-on. It's just to get to the stage where we can teach movement skills. Yeah. You don't, learn, soon you don't learn them on the floor. Yeah. Exactly. They got to get up. They got to feel weight bearing. You know, you do a million on the floor drills for, for hip IR, but until that person truly feels what their midfoot actually feels like, yeah. like who cares? They're going to lose it right away. Exactly. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Exactly. They're going to find it from somewhere else. And then yeah. you have to do, which is usually extension of the spine everywhere. And then you're going to have to go back to breathing drills, try and take that away because you never taught them what mid stance was and then they're going to end up at one of our workshops and then do one hip hinge and fall over <laughs> exactly 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 <laughs> um yeah so so exactly so people people need to that's why i just have the workshop i have is like i, I talk about here's the intro and then it's just like skill-based approach that's it that's the first slide skill-based approach and it's like what skills here's the skills we're going to teach people and then we, I say like, okay, let's talk about breathing for like 15 minutes so I can get that out of the way so we can teach the skills. And that's how I work with people as well. Same thing. So, and I always try and project into the future. You ask me in two years time, probably you in two years time, will you be gone more in that direction or more back into the special sauce stuff? Bet you've gone away more from the special sauce stuff. I a hundred percent agree. And I already feel that. That's why I'm kind of already doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's so complicated. <laughs> it's so complicated. And it's so general too. I think that's one of the other problems that I have with it is like, if you were to take the five biggest compression expansion model people and go and get their last 20 posts and you would just look at like every exercise improves hip IR and ER, like what, like just every single one, like I get it. What happened to the arc? Like I bought one specific position or this, uh, at, at, if you look long enough, you're like, so just like everything improves rotation, like, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're mm -hmm. like, all right. <laughs> like, I know it's more than that, but like, it, it kind of looks like that. It's like, well, what if I just do a car? You know, like, does that work? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's tough. You're right. But a lot of these people don't have hip IR or ER. Yeah. 
you know so why why if it improved it so well and now i'm not a model of i say that i put up like i've i've had a lot of injuries like i obviously have a lot of have had a lot of issues but like if you're going to keep saying this exercise improves this over and over again then it improves it but it doesn't actually help it improve for long i think even more accurate it might give it to me but show me the exercise that's going to keep it because that's the one that i want Exactly. And what that ends up being is strength training and just doing it really well. Yeah. You know, and like whether it's an optimal lat pull down or learning how to hip hinge, you know, like there's a million ways to do that. And those are the things that I care most about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's a skill. You can take that skill with you forever. That skill then keeps you moving your hip rather yeah. than move your hip like use the breath to try and give you the range you stand up you don't use it it's gone next day same thing next day same thing for infinity that's why it's really important to follow the uh the jig tours of the world and all that you know <laughs> it's like an equalizer in the niche like <laughs> you you do hypertrophy clusters one time you're like oh all right maybe a lot of this other stuff doesn't matter like i'm feeling pretty good <laughs> that's why he's a fucking legend He's he is awesome. he is i'm a big fan of him for sure he's a legend it just goes and you know his posts where it's like a1 squat yeah a2 dunk like and he puts that up like three times a week and i'm just yeah. like yes every time it's fucking brilliant I well he it. knows he knows who his avatar is so brilliantly you know like there's no way around it you know he wants to help you want to get jacked you want to be able to jump and you've had knee pain like simple yeah, you, there's really no one else to go to unless you're really further back. You ask him, he'll say, "Go see David first, and then see me anyway." And like, <laughs> that's a beautiful thing, you know. Like, I wish there was more of that in the industry, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's nailed the business side of things. He's fucking nailed it. And most of those people, you want to get jacked, you want to dunk, and you and most of those people we'll end up with knee pain. Yeah, that's <laughs> also true. Yeah. Or they come in with knee pain, they get rid of the knee pain, and then they want to get jacked and dunk. So yeah. it's just perfect. It couldn't be better. I, I, I'm actually, sometimes I find myself like jealous in a, in a positive way where I'm like, I wish it was that clear for me. Yeah, me too. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah, especially with me, dude. I got like seven different things that I can do. So it's like, which one do I really want to focus on? My brother and I go back and forth on it all the time. And it's like, and then you spread that problem out over three years and it's just like, boom, like, like how I told you about when you first started the interactive, like just for my biggest advice is like, think about organization early because it'll pay off in the end. Because when I started the EVM, it was like, yeah, it was organized, but like three years in, you're like, man, like people are like, where do I go? There's so much stuff. It's like, just fucking start anywhere. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I <laughs> but that's know. not a good answer, you know? It's a terrible answer. It's, yeah, it really it might be the right answer, but it's a bad answer for people. Yeah. And then they just see so much stuff and they just leave. Yeah. Or they don't, just don't consume anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's tough. And that's, that's why I think, uh, you know, working in person and creating things that are a little bit more simple, like what you've done. I mean, I think that, Obviously, there's a million reasons why all of your programs are are successful, but I think the biggest one is the simplicity of them. I think that that's one of the ways that things that works for you the most. Yeah. Simple. Like when I meet someone who's like injured and I'm like, they're like my friend or something. So like I'm in this situation where I'm not going to charge them full price. 
but I also don't want to have them like hit me up all the time and I have to really deal with them, you know, like a, a cousin or something like at the, the, like I'm, I'm like, yeah. Oh, do you know David Gray? They're like the <laughs> Scottish guy. I'm like, no, the Irish guy here do, do lower body basics. I'll like send the link and be like, just, just hit him up. And then, you know, he's going to, you're going to end up with, uh, with Kira anyway, but like she'll answer your question too. So you're good. <laughs> and like, then that person comes back and they're like, yo, I love him. He was great. I did it. I was feeling so much better. That hamstring bridge was terrible. I'm like, yeah, great. All right, cool. Like, see you next thing. <laughs> let's, let's talk about <laughs> something else. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just such a perfect thing for that. Because if I send him something with me, it's like, even though it's not that crazy, they'll still just be like, oh, well, I, this, I, do I do this? And they ask it all those questions up, to me. Yeah, you know? it opens up questions. So that really works like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be, it's still same, same as you. Like it could be just, everything could be more clear. Yeah. But that's easy to say, but it's hard to solve that problem. It is. It's really yeah. hard. And it, uh, it takes time. And it also takes the conversations to get there, to be honest, like that's the driving factor. You have to have the people get confused and ask you and be like, like sometimes when someone asks me something, I'm like, how did you even like have this thought? Like, how did that come up? You know, it's like, you're blown away. You're like, like, it literally says, start here. And someone will hit you up and be like, Hey, so like, I just didn't know what class to take first. Mm-hmm. And you're like, like, how can I make this more clear? So then we'll like make the letters bigger. So it's just like, start here. <laughs> it's like, all right, how'd you miss that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You have to take, you have to take responsibility for that. Because we went into it. We went through a stage where like people would be emailing us about the programs and stuff. And like, there is parts of them that aren't clear. And it's, it's actually done on purpose because I want people to feel free to explore with it and do like as much or as little as they want type of thing and blah, blah, blah. But like we went through a phase where people would be emailing us saying like, oh, should it be this or this? Or just different questions all the time are actually they never bought something in the first place. Someone sends a stupid email. Like it says this on the website and and like it's fucking clearly laid, laid out. Like the answer to your question is right there in front of you. And I had to say to Kira, okay, never again are we calling a person an idiot who emails us. It's our, like, it's our fault that they're even asking that question. And even if we think it's clear, they, for some reason, it hasn't been clear for them. Yeah. So it does, it does help to take responsibility for that. Yeah, my brother does a really good job at that, at challenging me and then like going in and refining what I write. And then I go back and refine it and then I put it in there. And then I think um, to play devil's advocate, I think that there's people that just straight up the answers right under them and they just don't scroll and they're idiots. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love you guys. But, you know, just keep scrolling. If, if there's a QA and a at the bottom of the page, maybe read it before you think about, you know, because... There's only 10 questions that you could ask. And if you're going to ask the 11th, I'm happy to answer it. You know, I know, I know, I know. Look, there is, there is same, same with clients though. It frustrates me where people are saying like, it's the same people all the same the time saying my clients will never do their homework. My clients, like I can't get the right type of clients in blah, blah, blah. I'm like at some stage, you have to start to look at yourself and think, <laughs> what the fuck am I saying to my clients? You know, they're just yeah. not. It's not just your clients are the only people ever that are are unsure or un, are not are, don't love doing their homework. It's fucking most people, but for some reason, other people can convince their clients to do it. Yeah, well, those are the same people that are giving their clients uh, 
seven days a week, um, an hour and a half with a morning mobility routine. Um, the secret sauce has 17 things that they need to do. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, yeah, maybe that person, you know, and that's where the communication is so big and the one-on-one stuff. I think that that was another big thing that happened over the pandemic. A lot of coaches stopped working in person and just kind of went online. Mm-hmm. And you see that in a lot of like the rants on Instagram, I think. Where you're kind of like reading something, you're like, this person hasn't worked with someone in person in a really long time. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> this great thought process. But like, have you ever been like, what was the last time you were in the trenches with someone? Because that is not how you would think about this if you were, you know, which is which is good and bad because it challenges you when you're in the trenches. But sometimes that's a little bit obvious for me. And that's why I've really been just enjoying being one on one with people and like really making a change with my like right there. Like because. You know, I feel like we both did the online thing really well. You know, like we made it work. We we did really well with like making it work and, you know, doing the recordings and seeing them and, and, and things like that. But like, man, it's so much better in person. <laughs> There's no way around it. It's better. It's better. Definitely. It's definitely better. But for a lot of people, it's not better because they don't have access to anyone good in person. Yeah. So that's yeah. why online is so great. Yeah, so, that's true. so much you can learn. Um, so yeah, and that's that's the question that came up. My first webinar that I did, that online clients webinar, you probably weren't around then, but I, I was like assessing, attracting, and treating online clients or something like that when COVID first hit the first month, and we had 77 therapists online. Or no, 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 300 online at 77 euro each. Sorry, that's where the 77. So uh, but a- everyone was asking, like, how do I it's not going to be as good as in person. So I was like, is it fucking better than what your clients are getting? Which I heard are sitting at home yeah. can't get anything. The answer is yes. So just fucking do it and yeah. figure it out. And yeah. Something that was like, that was like the birth of the Irish wonder boy, huh? That day. <laughs> well, I did another webinar after that, a knee webinar a month later. So like everyone did the online clients one, um, loved it blah blah blah. we made a lot of money i don't know someone can do i don't do public math whatever 300 by 77 is and um we did another one the following month and it was the most stressed i ever got in my life i was sick for a week after it and i don't get stressed like that but there was problems with the wi-fi there was problems with the presentation Someone had wrote to me beforehand, like 20 minutes beforehand, who I respected saying, you better not be teaching all my stuff. And I was like, you fucking dickhead. Like, why you, you, not only am I not teaching your stuff, I don't even think your stuff is good. (laughs) 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 Not, Not even good. Like not even something that would be worth teaching. They just got that in their head. So like, I was just, there was so many stressful things. And I was like, I'm never doing a webinar again. Yeah. So that was the birth and the death uh, all in one month. There, there's some people that are that are are even better online though. Not not yeah. better online because again, like my client Carlos, who I post all the time, like he we we rarely ever do sessions. He follows his program, he sends form checks, like he's really in the process. Like there's clients that can actually do really, really good online, you know, and they're just out there yeah. and you need to find them. And then there's other people that like don't send form checks. They wonder why things aren't going well. And uh, that's where you have enough people that you can choose who you want to work with. Cause some of those people are more of a drain than, uh, than a help in a lot of ways. 
100%. I would definitely not fill in a form check. Not in a million years would I fill in yeah. one of those. Yeah. So I wouldn't do well online. Yeah. Or in person, probably. <laughs> For that matter. <laughs> well, well, um, we'll ask Chris how you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> See, Chris is too far away. He's like two hours away from me. So I can only train with him once every whenever. Well, we'll get we'll get we'll get your your periodic report card then from him. Yeah. <laughs> I actually want to get a report card from him. I want to. I, I, I'm going to say it to him. Well, he'll be doing this podcast, so um, I want to say to him like, give me ten things to five submissions or something like that, and like then test me next month and see if I'm any good. Yeah. Um, because he kept fucking catching me with the same thing the last day. Just kept saying, don't let me get my hand around your neck. And then, because <laughs> you can't get out of it. And then like, I'd be like, I just, he just wave his other hand around and just next thing that arm had gone around my neck. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. I have a lot of work to do. Um, so uh, how many how many online clients can you take on, like one-to-one? Man, I got up to uh, like 30 or something at one point, And then uh, I just like slowly kept letting them go. Um, I think I'm at like 15 now, maybe. Um, some of them are, are different. You know, some of the clients I've been training for years. So I'll see them every two months. Some people will sign up for like a really expensive package and I'll see them weekly even. Um, so it's really a big mixture. But uh, yeah, that's. That's not the direction I'm going in. I actually, you know what I would really love is just to have like 10 athletes on there, especially, you know, who I really love training is like, obviously training the the highest level is awesome. But like that second tier of like a pro soccer player, yeah. like one of my soccer players, Jared, and uh, he plays in, uh, in Sweden and, uh, or sorry, Iceland. And um, it's just like, man, he's like on point with everything. He like mm-hmm. really cares about it. Like, that level of like not gen pop real pro athlete, but also not like, you know, you know, work for, for Paris uh, PSG where they have seven trainers and three physical therapists and all that extra that like middle ground. I love that's like one of my favorites or youth. If you can get your hands on like a, a 14, 15 year old kid that just is like, they have enough money to train three or four times a week and they buy in the the satisfaction you get from that it cannot be matched i mean you got puberty on your side it's like a natural <laughs> yeah. steroid uh they're young they like make eye contact with you they listen they do all their homework because they their mom will whoop their butt if they don't and next thing you know they're like a different human every two months and it's just like man this is so rewarding so yeah. that that if i was going to work with anybody online it would be those people to be honest like th- those those are my dream clients i'll, I'll put it out there i'll manifest that <laughs> Yeah, they're good. The the professional, like the professional that you're describing is perfect. They're so hungry. So hungry to to get better. Because and they don't have a ton of money. They have enough to pay you, but not enough to throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well well said. And and they and they can get better. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's the other thing. Like yeah. You know, my soccer player, his first year, or right before he met me, he was super injured. So just getting him to play every single game his first year with me was, like, huge. Mm-hmm. And now the second season is, like, let's make you faster. Let's jump. Let's do crazy plyos all off season. Let's get you so strong that you can keep some of the plyos in season. Let's get delts. You know, let's do some glazy stuff, like uh, some Torah, you know, some of that stuff. And I'm... 
you have this person who's like, uh, you know, they never even really liked to lift. And now they're like, hey, can you put an extra upper body workout in my <laughs> for me? And I'm like, yes, I can. <laughs> you know, it's just like, the, the it's hard to beat that. It's hard to beat that. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. That's the exact same. My favorite population, that's who they are. And yeah. actually, you get a ton of those in Ireland because Gaelic football and hurling, they're amateur. But they train basically like professionals and it it's they will the good the good ones like they're they'll these will be the guys that are, are are at the very top of the game but they're not getting paid or they're getting sponsored like they get a free car and they're getting good job and stuff like that they will they will do a lot of good work they really yeah will, uh, i just sent you one the other day i it's he's probably like just withering away in your dms but uh <laughs> <laughs> actually you know it was really funny i was like this is what you do Okay, so I was like, this is the best, best guy in Ireland. He's a he's like an injured. Uh, I think he's a Gaelic football player. And uh, I, he was like, hey, do you have any programs for like osteopelvisus? Like, you know, like one of those long ass uh, things that's probably like <laughs> some long diagnosis. And it's like really just like his hips don't move. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. And I'm like, this is this is the stuff that I get. This is a perfect example of like that gray area. And I'm like, do I really want to train this person all the way from Ireland when he's already looking for a cheap program that's somehow designed for him for his mm-hmm. long injury history, right? So I was like, you listen, you're in Ireland, go to David. He's the best guy there. And I'm like, don't DM him, email him. And if you get to <laughs> Kira, ask for an appointment ASAP. <laughs> I was like, is, is that good or what? That's pretty, that's a pretty good referral right there to prep him. <laughs> yeah, how to get through. Um, uh, it's so Kira, I be encrypted a live video of him beating me up the other day. And Kira, Kira opened her phone and she could see the Instagram live. Um, and she commented, and I she kept telling me about her comment. It was like, I very, I, I did enjoy it. She said, because Chris kept like every time I stood up, he kept whooping me again and again and again. And she goes, She said, Chris is like our email inbox, <laughs> it just keeps coming. So, I have to. I'll tell her to keep an eye out for that guy. Um, yeah, that's good. You, the youths are good too. The youths are good too. You just have to be. Sometimes you have to hold them. Like I don't know. Sometimes there's a parent there. That's why I'm not envious of Americans because the parents are fucking mental. Yeah, they are. I have the with my two my two kids that I train now, the baseball athletes. Like their dad is like such a perfect middle ground. You know, like he's there. He's driving them. He's willing to do anything for them. He'll talk to me and be very upfront. He's a good communicator. And then like when it's time to pull off, he'll be like, you're the expert. What do you think? They started off with me. This is a good story for, for what I get, you know, like being the mobility guy. Right. So they came down to Florida. They were going to be here for like eight months. They reach out to me. They're like, we're interested in training. I'm like, all right. I put them both through an assessment. I'm like, this is what they both need to work on. It was like super simple stuff. They're both falling forward. They have no mobility. They're super extended. And uh, they can't breathe. Their, their strength training is pretty bad. Um, they've done zero plyos. You know, like a lot of just like really simple things that like could easily be fixed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, great. So this is what we're going to do. And then he's like, hey, I also have them working with the speed guy. And I also have them working with another person that does strength training from like a fancy gym in my city. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I can't take a step back. I'm like, let's just do two days in between these two days. I'm like going super slow with them because I didn't want to injure them when they're already doing all this stuff. And then it comes back on me. So I like kept it really light. 
So like as the weeks went on, the kids would go home and they'd be like, yeah, we like Ian. We don't really like the other guys. And then it just slowly went. And then all of a sudden he comes in. He's like, so we're thinking about firing the speed guy. Do you know anybody? And I'm like, I'll be your speed guy. Me. <laughs> Boom. Saturday speed every single week. Oh, okay, nice. great. And then three weeks later, they're like, we kept, they kept, he kept having him do this hinge where it was like a low cable and you're doing like a single leg deadlift, like classic, but like these kids are falling forward. So like, why do I want this weight to pull them into falling forward even more? So I kind of like explained that to the three of them and they like were sitting there and they kind of like all have this huge light bulb moment. And then they went home that day, the next session, they come back, they're like, so we're going to fire the strength guy. So we just want to work with you. And I'm like, man, this is great. I like, so I'm not the mobility so guy. I'm just the guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm your, and then the next time he comes to me, he's like, listen, I'm worried that he's not getting enough speed. Because at first I wasn't like, I'm going to sprint this kid every day. He was having knee pain. He hasn't had knee pain in months now. So then we increased the sprint, just like you should, right? So he's like, I'm, I'm worried that they're not getting speed. And then he, I'm like, okay, thanks for thanks for letting me know. And then I just added a couple of sprints earlier in the day. And they're like, you're the guy. You're going to have him for years. And I was like, I can't wait. And these kids are good too. So like, they really have a lot of, a lot of chance. Yeah. And, uh, and they're strong, like real strong. That's so it's fun. That's so good. It's just a rare parent to find. Uh, yeah. Rare. Yeah. They're out there. It's kind of like that rear online, that rare online client. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think like everything we talked about, like your message, who you talk to, what you put out there as your dream client. That's why it's really hard for me to resonate with the FRC people because like everything is mobility injury mobility injury mobility injury you're not mobile mobile enough so you're going to get injured mm -hmm. train the position that you are most injured in yeah. you know it's just like well what about like working with the people that aren't injured like why do i have to be in this middle ground of like trying to be a physical therapist when i don't even want to be a physical therapist so like that was a good uh good lesson to learn mm -hmm. you enjoy like me just movement yeah just movement I just love working with people who can move. I like being who the can first. Move, who can move? I like move being better, the first step. I like being the first step after rehab. I think that's. I. I. It, I think that's where I have the skills that other trainers don't have because I worked in a physical therapy office because I've learned so much about that side of things. So like, I think I'm really good there, and I think I can replace the terrible physical therapist that does the booty bands and all that stuff. And I really am confident that I could be your physical therapist, but I also am smart enough to realize that like I shouldn't be in the ideal world. And if you have anything that's seriously going on. Like, who am I to pretend I did 10 years of physical therapy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm happy to not be something I'm I'm not supposed to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotta get those people to a physio. I'll send those people to a to a physio who's really good at diagnostics and stuff like that, hundred percent. Or a doctor yeah. or a surgeon where they get their scans or whatever, hundred percent good at diagnostics. I just like working in movement. They they always and they, they always appreciate it too. When you find someone who gets a better referral. And people realize when you're humble enough to be like, I'm not your guy, but I am the guy that's next. They're going to come back to you because they're like, wow, this really worked out. And like, now I need to go to the next person. And then that, that therapist knows too. I've had a really hard time. If there's a, a great physical therapist in South Florida listening right now, definitely DM me because it's, it's tough. Like getting that, that, like that circle in your spot and you know, you're going to be there for a while. That's the thing about New York, man. Like the list, the roster in New York, 
for everything is crazy. There's like seven to 10, like world-class therapists in New York, at least. So like, it's very simple to get that done there, you know, but not so much here. And I'm sure in certain parts of Ireland, it's even tougher. It's tough. It's getting better. Or maybe I'm just getting to my network is getting better. Yeah, well, you're 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 pumping Ireland up with the DGR strategy. So uh, <laughs> pretty soon, it's gonna, you're, I mean, you're the Irish Wonder Boy. What do you expect? You know, you where, where did this Irish? Someone else fucking said that recently. That was uh, that was on the Amy uh, the, Smith said it. Amy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, love I don't. You. I don't know where it came from. So now you're the second person to say that. So I need to, that needs, I need to, I need to bury that very quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, you gotta let it ride, man. That's great. Cause, no, because Irish people, involved. Irish people, no, I, if Irish people hear that, they'll fucking hate me even more. No, though, I thought they'll only hate you if you say it. You're supposed to just be uncomfortable about it, but then it's I am cool. uncomfortable. Exactly. Well, that's, that's good, though. They, they, <laughs> then they relate to that even more. That's, you're sticking to your, your colors. You got a green sweater on where you're, you're on brand as hell. Yeah, but someone will then think that I somehow made it up and they'll they'll just hate me. Yeah. So anyway, no no more excuses to hate me in Ireland. Yeah. Um, what are you gonna do? So yeah. Uh okay. What else you got? That it? Uh what else do we got? No, man, I'm I'm uh I, I, I know I kinda already have, but I definitely want to give you your flowers. I appreciate you and uh having me on and uh all the things that you do. I literally own every single thing you've put out. So anyone listening, if especially if you're here because of me, uh I love the the interactive, I love all the programs. The new one's been great. Um I love um, you know, like the classic exos um kind of like wall cabrets. What do we call it? The bent knee to straight one. I love how like something that's been around for so long, I can see how you see it and then put it in. And then all of a sudden it just becomes this like incredible weapon to tie in all the other stuff I've already been doing because I've had people floating heels. I've had people hinging. I've had people lengthening the backside, staying long in the ribs, all that stuff. And I've done hip lock stuff too. So then you find a move that's been around forever and you just know how to like make it work and see all those little details like that. That's been cool. So uh, that new program is great too. Thank you, man. <laughs> Appreciate the plug. Um, yeah. That's just principles. Yeah. Just principles. Just you should be able to learn principles and then you can see why anything could be good. If. Oh, you know what? I got a good question for you. Um, why did you put the WEC 45 turned out feet variation? Like what's the, um, what's the thought process behind that? Is that just like a big F you to go to or what? <laughs> <laughs> One turned out just for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> One turned out and everted in. Um, no, I, 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 when I like people to be narrower on their deadlifts than they usually are firstly. Uh, so that's the first one. Because to lengthen the glute, because it's got adduction basically or. Yeah, and and I remember me like starting to learn hinging variations. I always stood too wide, even though I'm a narrower person. Um, so I like people to be narrower first of all. I wanted to give people a movement where they were doing a heavy heavy lift for heavy-ish lift for for higher reps. So I think I have like three sets of fifteen in it or something like that. Um, and I wanted the people to understand that you can be very very strong without your heels off the floor. And you can get, you're just going to get delayed knee extension if you do that. So heels are off the floor. You're going to get delayed knee extension. So WEC teaches that I think with, with the heels touching together. Um, I think I'm not exactly sure, but I noticed when I started playing around with it with clients, their heels are touching together. Um, 
and then as they start to come maybe slightly off the floor the heels will start to come apart a little bit so even if you cue like heels together they'll kind of start to come apart a little bit so um it just also gives people so all them people sorry i should be clear when you put people narrow that don't have internal rotation they can't get there so you put them narrow and you put them into a little bit more er and now they can ir from there so that's it that's the explanation okay okay that makes sense did you know that david weck has more instagram followers than you now no but i presume that is crazy I presume that he and I'm super happy about both of them. I'm happy that he blew <laughs> up and I'm super happy that he blew up because like, you know what? That guy, as crazy as he is and openly crazy, he's got some really, really good takes and really good thoughts. His stuff is way too drawn out, like 30 minutes for some stuff when there's like literally two and a half minutes. I can't his, watch his comments are so funny the way it's like this like diabolical storytelling vibe that he always goes with but like man like before I even found you I found him and I remember being in Hawaii and when he talked about head over foot and just lifting one foot and shifting over your weight like people still don't get that and that is <laughs> unbelievably powerful yeah. when you just realize everything I do has my head in the middle of my body but as soon as I lift one foot I shift over here Where's that in my training? Like, that was good. And talking about relaxing stuff, dude, those ropes, yeah. I got away from them. I need to get back on them. But man, that shit feels good. You do those ropes and sprint a little bit, that is a great vibe. 100%. Shoulder health, if you're talking shoulder health, swing ropes and swinging clubs and stuff, that yeah. is unbeatable. Yeah. I, I, yeah I he's just... been doing it. He's been doing it. Yeah. He had some really weird stuff early on, or not even early on, but recently, like a year ago, like, there's like this one time where he's doing like IG live from the bathtub and stuff. Like, <laughs> like, like yeah, David Weck is like my brother's worst nightmare. Like if you were going to describe what, what would make my brother like go nuts as a brand, <laughs> I would just be David Weck for a day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's like, why did you do the live? He, he wants me to have like lights perfect and a microphone, but I'm like really in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's look at the people he attracts, like are, they just, they hate strength and conditioning. They yeah. fucking hate it because it didn't work for them because they're narrows usually. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. made them feel worse. They despise it. So like he's their God and he could just do yeah. whatever he wants. So like he's perfect at that. And it's just, it's, yeah. When you when you like go to Gary, one of Gary Ward's course or just like, it's just lateral flexion of the spine. Yeah. Frontal plane puts you over onto a leg and how you can deny that or something is just insane insanity yeah and the double the arms doubling down too is a really cool concept that i think you know like you think about like like even people that like a lot of the people i love love like a like a Derek hansen and you'll see his workshop and he has people sitting on the ground doing this like doing the arm swings yeah. and it's just like how are we still doing that especially yeah. when like you're like pat davidson's running guy like his whole model is based off of shifting on one side and then you're doing this drill that has none of that. It just, it doesn't make sense. And then I love seeing David's, you know, breakdowns of the videos and seeing how those arms go down and up. Yeah. And then once you start doing plyos and you see the people that suck at plyos and they look like Ricky Bobby with their hands and they just yeah. are like super stiff, they don't know what to do with them. And then you teach them how to get a little bit of that down. And it's like, wow, that made a big difference. So mm -hmm. it's powerful stuff, man. Yeah, he has good stuff. He's one of the few people I think can that can actually see movement. Yeah. That's what we spoke about before the recording started. 
Lots of smart people out there talking. They cannot see movement. I promise you. They can break down every assessment, everything. They cannot look at movement and actually see what's going on. Yeah. He, he can, for the most part. He really yeah, can. you need reps. You need reps. And you need reps across different populations. That's what's the real cheat code. Yeah. And that's why a city like New York City can't get better than that, man. You live in New York City, you're going to meet a lot of people. A lot of stressed out people, but a lot of different people, too. Mm-hmm. New York is good um okay brother what do you want to plug thank you very much for coming on yeah absolutely um what do i want to plug i want to plug uh my workshops so we got uh new york city uh in two weeks maybe a week after this comes out or what do you got maybe three days after this comes out maybe when we're there uh this will probably be next thursday so okay cool so i'll probably be in new york like uh, a week after this for the workshop um going to if you went uh to david's in clearwater same place with jeff i'm gonna be there at 520 um for the weekend and uh we're doing san diego we're looking for a london uh host we talked about that that's pretty tough to get um so workshops coming up if you are a coach and you want to learn we have an online course called mobility coach plus and if you're someone who wants to do like online classes and basically go through everything that we do uh we have the elite video membership so and you can find me on ig uh, Ian Marco, I-N-M-A-R-K-O-W. And then there's uh, our business page is at Marco Training Systems. Awesome, man. So your homework now is going to be put up some messy Instagram posts. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to. Not messy. Or, but... or hopefully we'll just get clips and we can just get, give me a, a break so I can play with my son. We'll put up podcast once <laughs> or we'll send it to Alex and have him chop it up. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I'll, um, I'll send you this video as well if you want. Yeah. Um, yeah of course. so yeah uh legend Ian, i can't um i can't recommend you and your work enough i think you're again a very good person that's what's most important and i think you do a great job with your coaching so i uh, really appreciate you coming on hanging thank out you. always good to chat and uh wish you the best appreciate it thank you thanks brother Hey guys, David here again. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Ian. One last reminder, don't forget to check out our Foot and Achilles program. I think 900 people have got it so far, which means that there's people listening to this podcast who haven't got it, which is very strange because I know you love movement and you'll learn a ton if you get this program. I promise you, you really, really will. It's our best program yet by far. It's the most comprehensive. It's the most detailed. Uh, There's so much stuff in there that you haven't seen before. You're not aware of how to really get your feet moving well and integrate them with your whole body, how to progress in load and speed, um, how to strengthen things and how to build that connection that everyone talks about, but no one really understands. So it'll be very helpful for you. I'll pop the link or Kira will pop the link into the show notes. The first one there, uh, check it out. I promise you won't regret it. Uh, apart from that, thanks again to Ian. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I found it really enjoyable and I will chat to you guys next time.